Romans 15, 13 says this, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. I believe throughout the rest of this year, no matter what goes on, we are going to be people who radiate with hope. Amen? Amen? I want to talk to you today about being generous. It's, it's really important because um, it's just something that doesn't come naturally to us as human beings, being generous. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I think I need to be reminded of that. And uh, there's been times in my life where I'm more generous than others. There's been other times that I've been tight-fisted. And, um, but God wants us to be generous. It says in Acts, I believe it's chapter 20, but it says this, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, in the natural, that really doesn't make sense. How is it more blessed to give than to receive. I don't know. Do you all like being on the receiving end? Okay, I do. I like being on the receiving end. You know, somebody wants to give me something. I like being on the receiving end. And so in the natural, you think it just seems better in the natural to be on the receiving end than it does on the giving end. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible specifically says that it's better to give than to receive. And so uh, there it is. Everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said, Jesus said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So there must be something going on that we don't totally understand. And I'm okay with that. I, uh, I know my wife and I, we, I'm not super mechanically minded, but that does not stop me from putting the key in my ignition, turning it to start, and driving my car. Somebody says, so exactly uh, how does the crankshaft and the, you know, the pistons go up and down and the exhaust come out? And I go, yep, that's, that's, that's what it does. Something like that. All I know is if it starts, I get to put it in drive and go. I get the benefit of it without understanding it totally. It's the same way with giving and receiving. I don't totally understand the concept, but I do know this. I believe the Word of God. I believe the Bible. And I believe that when I do give, things happen inside of me that I'm not aware of. Are you hearing me? I truly believe that. And um, in my life, I've experienced that. And the thing is that we need to be, you may have grown up and uh, maybe your parents were a little bit on the tight side, you know, uh, or maybe the real tight side, not even the little bit tight side. You know, people who grew up during the Depression or whatever, you know, they're very, they can be very frugal, but that can affect them to think that they don't ever want to share or be generous with anything. And I understand that. But having said that, I've been uh, around people in my life that have been very generous. Melody's dad, uh, her parents have been missionaries for 53 years or so in Africa, and that's where they're at now, uh, 80 years of age, and they're being missionaries in Africa. But 
Dad Hagemeyer has been the most generous person I've ever met or known in my whole entire life. I mean, just generous. He looks for ways to give and to be a blessing. I mean, it's just a testimony. And uh, I remember when they were uh, here stateside, he was, we were just uh, chatting in my office back there. And Tyler Johnson, I don't know if y'all remember him, he moved away, but he was just in his mid-20s at that time. He came by to stop. It was his day off to say hi to me or whatever, and uh, I said, what are you up to? And he's, we talked for a while, and he says, well, I'm getting ready to go get brake job done on my truck. And Dad just stood up and pulled out his wallet and says, uh, here, let me help you out with that. And he gave him $100 toward his brake job. And I just went, wow, I've, I've never forgotten that. And it's just a good picture we need people in our life. We need to teach our children this because the schools are not going to teach them that. I don't care how much of an education they get. They will not get taught that. No professor is going to get up and says, it's better to give than receive. If you're given to me, it's better to... Anyway, but um, they're not going to get taught that. So guess what, parents? We need to teach our kids that. We need to teach people that. I made a specific intentional thing with my children. They're all pretty much grown now, but like with Danielle, we did that with her and with my boys. I did that with them, you know, I, I, and I would do it in front of them. <coughs> I would want them to know that I was doing it, not to pat myself on the back and look how great a father I am. I wanted them to learn this is something you need inside of you. You need to be generous on the inside of you. So I remember me and the boys, uh, we went to luncheon at Cracker Barrel. This is pre-COVID. You could actually... Anyway, but we uh, sat down, and right behind us was uh, four young girls. They looked like college-age girls, and uh, they were sitting down. And I just thought in my heart, I thought, I know how college kids are. It's, it's tough sometimes, you know, uh, or a lot of times it's tough with college kids. And so I thought... There's four of them there. They probably, they may eat more than $10 worth, but I just thought 10, 20, 30, 40. So I, as we were getting up to leave, I just went out in front of my boys. I said, hey, guys, hang on a second. And so I turned around and I gave those girls 40 bucks. I said, this may not pay for your meal, but it, it'll put a good dent in it. And they just all stared up at me like, thank you. You know, it's like they never got help before in their life or something, you know. But, uh, I wanted my boys to know that, that this is a good thing to give. It's a good thing to be generous. Uh, there's been time, and I've, I haven't done this in a long time. And listen, I'm not doing this. Please do not take this like, well, the pastor's just up there just <laughs> patting himself on the back. I've, I feel like we need to be taught this, all right? We need to be reminded of this. This is something that it's easily forgotten, or maybe you didn't even know about being generous, but um, there's times that I, I would be at a gas pump, and somebody would pull up on the other side, and when they got out, I'd take my credit card, and I would slide it in and, you know, and punch in the zip code or whatever, and I said, fill up your tank on me. And they would just look at me like, wow. And a lot of times, you know, I would just say, I just want you to know, man, that God loves you. He really does. He really thinks a lot of you. And just say, I don't preach to people. I just tell them little things like that, just planting a little seed. 
you know. So I would do things like that throughout uh, from time to time. And I remember one specific time that my son Joel, this, there's times that I've done that that I just wanted to. And I didn't feel like God led me to. I just wanted to. But trust me, I don't think God was up in heaven going, well, I didn't tell you to do that, you know. You know, you get, you're here giving. I didn't tell you to give. I don't think God's going to mind us giving. Not people think, well, I just need to be led. You won't ever give. I said you won't ever give. If you feel like I'm just waiting on God, he's waiting on you. Anyway, so um, I went to Popeye's on the way home one time, and I had Joel with me. This was a few years ago, two or three or four years ago. And um, this time, I really felt like God wanted me to do this. I mean, like, it was just really strong urge that this guy was in front of me. He, he looked like he played football. He was about the size of Tony, just a little bit bigger than me. But anyway, he was a big guy. And, uh, and I just felt in my heart that I need to pay for his meal. So he made this order, and I wasn't paying attention. But when he reached for his wallet, I just stepped in and kind of pushed him off. It was hard, but I pushed him just a little bit. And I said, I'm going to pay for this. And he grabbed my hand. He goes, buddy, no. He says, I'm having a leadership meeting, and I bought a lot of food. So my first intention was, how much food? But I didn't say that, but I thought, like, are you sure I heard from God? I mean, you know, I mean, if it was like 20 bucks, I got, yeah, that's, this is nice. And it was like 60, 70, 80 bucks. It was up there. And I thought, well, it's less than 100. So I said, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And he says, well, that, did you hear what the ticket was? And I said, yep. And I gave him my credit card. And this guy, he said, well, man, God bless you. I said, he blesses me all the time, man. I am such a blessed man. And uh, he says, well, I go to praise assembly. And uh, I'm having a leadership meeting uh, from over there. And uh, so I bought food for all of them. And so I just want you to know, I can't wait to go back and tell them how we got blessed. And then this is how I know that I heard from God. He turned to Joel, my son. He was about 15, 16 at the time. And he said, you need to make sure that you really pay attention to your father. And you need to make sure that you watch how he lives because he's a great teacher, and being that generous, you need to make sure that you learn that from him. And I just thought, wow, that was God. See, I could have told my son, you need to be generous, but come at this guy, all of a sudden, the focus was on my son. So God wants us to do and live like that. He wants us to be like that. I said he wants us to be like that. Amen? This is Romans eight thirty two. It says this, for God has proved his love By giving us his greatest treasure, God has proved his great, his love by giving his greatest treasure. When we give, it's proving something inside of us. It's proving something inside of us. It says the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Did you hear that? Because he gave us his greatest treasure, he said he will not withhold anything from us that he has to give. So the point is, so most people don't even know, even church people, what does he have to give? 
where he has healing to give. He has provision to give. The fruit of the Spirit, peace and and joy and, and patience and love, all of these things he has to give. And he's freely given it because he's already given his greatest treasure, his son. He will not withhold anything from you. People are praying, you know, I'm just believing God. He's got something and I'm trying to get it. No. Your prayer is wrong. People say, you know, and don't get me wrong. God's not going to get all uptight if you pray wrong. But I'm just saying if you really want your prayers to be more effective, know what God has already done for you. That's one reason why we come to church and we meet. That's why you spend time with God. That's why you read your Bible. You need to find out. We need to find out some things. So, again, we have to be reminded to be generous. We have to be reminded of that. And so this is the purpose of this message of Proverbs eleven twenty five. And I'll say this. I know because some people get really uptight when churches and pastors start talking about money and giving. And I know there's been some manipulation from different churches and pastors. And there's been, and not maybe intentionally. But let me just say this. There's more in the Bible about giving and money than there is prayer. And I believe the reason for that is because God knew that we would have more trouble with the money and the giving than we do with the praying. Just saying. Just saying. So anyway, Proverbs 11.25 says this. The generous will prosper. There again. It just goes against your flesh and my flesh. But the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So in other words, God's saying, if you help other people out, you're going to get help. How? I don't know, but God's the one who's taking care of this. He just says, if you're generous, I'll do my part. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. Now, having said that, I know even in the past, I've I've believed this and, and taught this even at this church years ago, that, you know, we need to give and tithe. So that God will bless us. We need to make sure that we're givers. We need to make sure that we're tithers so we can open up the kingdom or open up the windows of heaven so we can be blessed. That's true. But I don't believe that's the way God is. And this is why. I'll show you and I can prove it in the word. I don't give and tithe to get God to do something. I give and tithe Because I am proving that God is my source, and I trust him. You see the difference? That's a major difference in thinking and theology is that, you know, because I people say, well, how about Malachi? It says that if you don't give in tithes, that you, you rob from God. You're robbing from God. Yeah, and when was that? The Old Testament under the old covenant under the law. Jesus comes along, and I'll show you in 1 Peter that he's freely given us everything. God's not withholding anything. So I'm not trying to give to give him to get him to do something for me. I'm giving and tithing because I know he's done everything for me, and he's always going to provide for me no matter what. Whether it's a COVID or whether it's a recession, no matter what's going on on this planet, my supply is not hooked into this world. It's hooked into God. I believe he has a better source. I believe he has a better way to take care of you and me. Amen? So that's why I give. That's why we tithe. And so I just wanted you to know that, that it's just 
proven to Mike Davis, and I'm showing God. I just want you to know, God, that I believe you're my source. I believe you are my source. Not my paycheck from the church. Not your Social Security check. Not your paycheck from your boss. You need to know and have it in your heart that God is your source. 2 Corinthians 8.12 says this. Let me tell this little story first. Years, this was at the old building. This guy told me, he says, Pastor, when I win the laundry, I'm really going to bless the church. And I just thought, whatever. And, uh, but this is the thing. God never does. He, he's not looking at what you don't have. He's looking at what we have. He's looking at what we have. In 2 Corinthians 8, 12, it says this. For if the intention and desire are there, the size of the gift doesn't matter. Your gift is fully accepted to God according to what you have, not what you don't have. What you have, not what you don't have. So God, and listen to me, this goes beyond just giving. You and I have our time. We have our gifts and our talents, and we can give those. It's not just a money thing. It's what you have. We have strength and energy. You know, just like the people who came and helped out at the tent. And uh, last week, you know, Julio's wife's funeral, the church did that, and we helped out. We gave him food for about a week. And uh, when after the funeral, he, he wanted me to come over and, and Melody and some of us, we went over to his house. He had about 30 people outside in chairs and inside his house. There were people everywhere. And, man, we brought enough food from our church to feed him for the rest of the year. I've never seen so much food before in my life. And I just thought, wow, man. I said, Julio, I hope you got a big freezer, man, because, man, I mean, there's just food everywhere. It looked like Country Buffet before it closed down. And uh, so uh, if you don't know what that is, it was a smorgasbord. But anyway, there's food everywhere. Food everywhere. And this is the great thing. This is what I'm talking about. Julio comes in there, and, and people start lining up for food, and he says, I just want you all to know, my church did all of this. My church did, I mean, my church, here's my pastor, but our church just provided all this food. And another group, they would go out, it's kind of like cattle, and another group would come in, and, uh, and he would say it again, my, I just want you all to know, my church did all of this. I tell you what, and he was just like puckered proud, you know, like, and, and it was just a blessing. So this is the thing I want you to know. We do not do good works to get God's acceptance. People, I've had people, you know, help clean the church, everything. Well, I just want to, I just want to, they basically would say this. I just want to get on God's good side. And I would lean over to him and tell him, I said, you can clean toilets every day. You're not going to get any better off with God than you are if you never cleaned a toilet in this church. Our works do not bring God to love us more. I know, because a lot of people believe that in the church world. I just want, I'm just doing this for the Lord, and I'm granted, I do things for the Lord. But let me just say this, because I preach does not make me more acceptable or loved by God than if I, before I, when I worked with FedEx. Ka-ching. You're loved. Nothing you can do or not do will make you any less loved by God. But this is what good works do do. 
it does exactly what happened with Julio. It causes the goodness of God to be manifested so people can see it. Did you hear that? You know, I preach grace, and so some people think, well, bless God, we preach grace around here, so we don't have to do squat. We don't have to do nothing. That's not true. We don't believe. Melody's message last week, if you didn't hear it, you need to watch it. It's online. It says that we need to consider to provoke people to good works. We provoke people to good works. So you think about how can I consider? What does that mean? You have to think about it. You think about how can we provoke people to do good things? And why do we want that to happen? It's to show that God is good outside of the church four walls. When you do something good, it's just saying that, man, why, why did you do that? Then you got a door of opportunity. Well, you know, I just serve a good God. I just serve a good God. So we do good works not to get closer to God, but to bring God closer to the world that they may see the goodness of our Father. Does that make sense? I'm telling, and we can do that. You know, you may say, well, you know, I live on this kind of a fixed income. Well, you know what? I do know this. You can give time. If you don't have time, you can pray. How about praying? That's giving. That's giving when you pray for people, when you pray for this church, when you pray for the leaders of this church. That's giving. So there's so many. Don't think that, oh, I just have a little bit. You know, we think, put so much emphasis. I wish I could give more. I wish I could do more. I wish, I wish, I wish. God never does that. He sits there and goes, well, what little bit do you have? Jesus, when he was at the synagogue, he looked at everybody's big time giving, you know, writing out these big checks and throwing them in, throwing them in, all this big time giving. But this one little lady gave a mite. And the Bible says she gave all, that's all she had. And she gave it. Jesus turns to his disciples. It's a teaching lesson. See that lady? Did you see what she did? Yeah. She didn't get squat. But Jesus, how about these guys over here, man? He wrote out some big checks. Boom. I mean, look at it. And Jesus said that lady gave more than all of them. That lady gave more than all of them. They went, come again? Because she gave all that she had. And you know what that tells me? She knew what I'm preaching today, that God was her source. She gave it away, and she knew she was going to be taken care of. God was going to take care of her. Are you hearing me? I want us all to get this. God wants you to know that he will take care of you. He will take care of you. When we uh, were getting ready to go to Africa back in 1990, we graduated from Bible school in 89. So the Lord put it on my heart. We're going to be missionaries in Africa, and so we went to our school and, and talked to the got advice and they said you need to make a flyer send it out to everybody you know as many churches you can send out to and get all of your budget raised figure out how much you're going to need and raise that and then when you get that raised you can go so we did what they said we got melody had a good friend who was a graphic artist she got, made this awesome flyer we made a, mailed it out to hundreds of churches, every Tom, Dick, and Harry person we knew. None of our friends or family members <laughs> sent anything back or said what they were going to help support. 
And out of, after about six months, I think we had a total of five churches that invited me to go and preach at their church to share the vision. So I went and shared my vision to this, you know, we're going to Africa, what we're going to be doing and everything. And out of those five churches, one church said that they would support us $75 a month. One church. And that's all we had after six months or more of, of toil. And so uh, I thought, wow, 75 bucks to go to a foreign country and not only to live off of that, but to be a blessing to other people. Not quite meeting the mark. So I just kind of forgot about it, and I kept talking to God about it. And then finally, one day the Lord just spoke to me and said, I want you to leave. He dropped this date in November 1991. So November, I gave a two-month notice to FedEx and said, in November, I'm going to be quitting and departing, going for Africa. So I told them that. And uh, about the last couple of weeks I was at work, Melody got, she called the office. This is before cell phones. In 1991. And uh, so they dispatched me and said, you need to call your wife right away. And I thought, oh, my goodness. She never did that in all the years I worked for FedEx. So I thought something happened. So I had to find a phone booth. You probably don't know what that is, but it's, it's, a, it's a little compartment. There's a phone in there. You put money in. So I called her, and I said, what's up? She said, I just got a phone call from dad from Africa, which is very difficult to do. He said, war just broke out, so you may reconsider about coming to Africa because we got war here. So Melody called me and said, you know, there's war going on. This is what dad said. And I said, well, pretty sure God knew that November that he told me that date that he knew there was going to be war. I said, if you're okay with it, I feel a peace in my heart to still go. So we left. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and departed in November 1991 with $75 a month pledged support in a war going on in the Congo. It was Zaire at the time. And you know what? There wasn't one day, one week, one month. And we had to pay rent for a missionary house that we lived in. It wasn't free. We had to pay rent. We did not miss one rent payment. We did not go without food. We were able to be a blessing to people around us, and there was no lack in our life whatsoever. None. The point is this. God wants you and me to know that when we trust him, he is our source. I have no clue how that happened, but I do know this. It was Danielle, Melody, myself, the three of us, and when we departed uh, Africa and God called us to Pueblo, Colorado, we bought three tickets and paid cash. For three tickets with only a $75 a month support when we left. God wants you to know that you can trust him, that you can trust him. Let me, I'm going to skip over a bunch, I'm sorry. Second Peter chapter 1, I have to read this before we close. It says this, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us. I want you to read that. One more time. Can we read it out loud? Everything we could ever... That is this. 
Are you ready? I don't know it by heart, so just leave it up there, okay? Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us. Everything you need. I said everything you need. People are begging God, Lord, would you do this? Lord, would you do this? And Lord, I need to be healed. Lord, I need a provision. Lord, I need that. And God's saying, I want you to know that what you need is not up in heaven. It's in you. The Bible says this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everything that pertains to life, everything that you need. You need a better job. You have the ability inside of you to believe for it and get it. Everything that you need, it says, has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this has lavished upon us. Don't you like that word lavished? He's lavished this upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by his name and invited us to become or come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that all beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corruption desires of this world. He said this in verse 3. He says, I've lavished this upon you through the rich experience of knowing him. The more that you know Jesus, listen to me, the more that you know him, the more that it will be manifested of everything that he deposited in you and me. This will really change your prayer life. When you realize having a relationship with Jesus is not a religious square to be filled out. Having a relationship with Jesus is being in partnership within him. When you sit there and say, you know what, Father? I need more money for my, to, to make sure my family's provided for. Lord, we need to get a new vehicle. I'm just thankful that you are my partner, and I believe that you're going to help me to get a new vehicle. You say, you can talk to God that way? Yeah. Yeah. Lord, you know, I, I just feel like I, I want a better job. It's just in me to get a better job. I'm just believing that you're going to open the door for me to get a better job. It changes everything about your relationship with the Father instead of God's way up in heaven sitting on a, a throne and he's got a long white beard and he looks like he's 400 years old, you know. And No, man, you sit there and go, Jesus, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I thank you that you've given me everything that I need. It's inside of me and I'm believing and I'm trusting you that it's going to be manifested on the outside. I believe my body's healed in Jesus' name. It's going to be manifested. The power for you to be healed is in you. It's not up in heaven. News alert. The power to be healed is in you. The power of all provision that you need is in you. All the patience, all the peace, all the joy that you need is not winning the lottery. It's in you. Everything you need in life is inside of you. And who put it there? Christ. He didn't just put it there. He became there. That's why you got it. It's because Jesus came and dwells inside of you and me now. And because Jesus is inside of you, everything that you need is in Jesus and he's in you. Therefore, you've got it. Start thanking him for it. Believing that it's going to be manifested on the outside. Amen. Praise God. 
Father, I just believe in Jesus' name that you're helping us to see that it is better to give than to receive, to be generous. I pray that there will be a revelation with, with me and all of us that heard this message today that will understand better that God is our source, that God is our provider. My God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So thank you for helping us to see that and have a revelation of that. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to say our scripture over the offering, but uh, and you can give in the buckets in the back. But uh, my wife and I would be in a parking lot. If you need help, prayer for anything, we will pray for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say our scripture together. Ready? My Father generously provides all that I need. He is doing exceedingly, abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that is in me. He surrounds me with favor and inspires me to be a blessing. I am blessed. So now you see where we got all those scriptures from a message like this. God is so good, and he wants to display his goodness in you and through you so that the world will know that he is a good father. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.